So the world is messed up. I don't know, uh, you uh, certainly don't have to go very far. You can check in the news. You can, it uh, doesn't matter whether you dial into Fox News or CNN or anywhere in between. You know, it doesn't take long to say, oh man, this is so messed up. You already kind of have that feeling, opinion sometimes. It's just so awful. There's so much going on. Or just go outside or mix it up in certain areas in the marketplace, whatever. It's messed up. So messed up politically, economically. Um, it is messed up environmentally, socially, spiritually. And, uh, and, and yet, we um, as Christians are to call to be in the world but not of the world. Remember, in the world but not of the world. We're on this, this uh, uh, as you've been talking here about uh, being out there engaged. We're to be engaged in it every single day. Um, on the front line, where we live, where you live, where you work, your activity, all of it, that's where you're supposed to be. That's where you're supposed to be. And in that, the talk and the walk need to line up. Your talk and walk need to line up. And you engage it every single day. And that means you're, you know, what you believe and how you behave. All that's supposed to be all good and perfect. The trouble is, in our walk, we, we balk. We, we sometimes hesitate. We, we compromise. We gloss over. Or maybe we, we are a little bit hidden. And then what happens is, is our faith. Our, our, our faith gets messed up. And if our faith is messed up, so does our voice and so does our, our witness. And then we're perceived as being, well, you know, you've heard it before, judgmental, hypocritical, uh, insensitive, controversial, insignificant because we're old-fashioned, out of touch. Of course, I know we, this is all wicked awesome here. I love this. Believe me. It's, just, it's wonderful. Uh, but, but honestly you know, irrelevant. And, and, and so, you know, the church can be perceived of Christ. People can be perceived as, you know what? Those people, they're really messed up. <laughs> well, James, the brother of Jesus, his whole world was turned upside down. Upside down. I mean, his world was messed up. He was once a skeptical doubter, uh, watching Jesus advance in his ministry, and then he ends up being crucified, and he's like, hmm, and then he becomes a servant leader when he comes face to face with the resurrected Jesus. You can read about it in scripture. Appeared to him and it just changed everything for him. And now as a, as a leader of the, of the church, the Christian church in Jerusalem and, and ministering to the churches around the Mediterranean basin, he now is the one. And he's writing a letter, and he, and he writes it, and he, he, he sends it out, and, and he's calling out all believers in your mess to step up your faith. That's what the book of James is about, stepped up faith. And so I got thinking, stepped up faith, what is that, uh, what really is that? What does that mean? And I've, obviously, if you can't tell, I love acronyms. <laughs> so stepped up, it's in your inserts there. You've got a, some notes there for you to play with. So what I said is, here's the definition, stepped up faith under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, let me stop right there. That's key. Stepped up faith is not amped up faith. Stepped up faith is not pumped up faith. It's not psyched up. It's not that at all. Because that stuff just, it just comes and it goes. Stepped up faith under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's key. And here they are. S stands for stands firmly. T stands for takes action fully. E is engages consistently. P perseveres prayerfully. I'm going to read that again. 
stepped up faith under the influence of the Holy Spirit. S, it stands firmly. T, it takes action fully. E, it engages consistently. And P, perseveres prayerfully. So the more messed up things are, guess what? The more stepped up, the more stepped up the faith. The more messed up circumstances are, the more messed up people are, the more stepped up the Christian is in it all the way through it. So you know what that means? That means no camo Christians, please. No camo Christians, you know, hiding out, you know. No, no, they're out there in the battle. No, no, bleacher believers who are just sort of sitting back, leaning back, you know, observing, watching it all. No, no, they're out there on the field of play. That's what they're doing. And so that's what it's calling for. So, well, it must be easy, right? Got to be easy. Anybody believe it's easy? No hands? (laughs) As they say, because I'm from away, I hate to say it, I'm from New York State. It's wicked hard. Right? Wicked hard. It's wicked hard to be the real deal. It's wicked hard to be the real Christian. Right? Last time I checked, the majority of Christians around the world, and we just had a brother here in Lebanon. Hello. I'm sure he could give a word about that. All kinds of persecution, all kinds of craziness going on, uh, suffering, persecution, all of that going on. Jesus was right, you know, when he said to his disciples in John 16, 33, he said these words, I've told you these things so that in me, you would have peace. In me, you would have peace. In the world, tribulation, trials, difficulty, hardships. But take heart, be encouraged, because I've overcome the world. Christian, your faith will come under fire for his namesake. It will come under fire for his namesake if you are walking in the faith. Ah, yes, but here be the rub. Will it hold up? Will it stand strong? Will your faith be the real deal? Will your faith be proven true when life hits the proverbial fan? Aren't you glad I used the word life? (laughs) I learned that being a Baptist. See, it's one thing to believe, isn't it? It's one thing to believe. It's a whole other thing to take that belief and put it into action. Hello? Am I talking to anybody here? Yeah. So here's the question. How do you know? How do you know if your faith is good enough? How do you know if it's going to... You know, how, do you, how do you know? I signed up for Jesus. I, I became a Christian. Now that I'm in, now that I'm signed up, how do I know? Bad news, you, you don't know. You won't know. You can't know. You won't know until it's tested. Oh, I'm talking fire tested, persevering faith under fire. How many people have seen the movie uh, Hacksaw Ridge? Okay, all right, so, so trust me. I know it's a war movie. There's some of you who are like, oh man, I, I, I don't like war movies. This is different. So bear with me. Uh, I'd like to show a clip, video clip. It's just the trailer of the war movie. And yes, it has violence in it, okay? Uh, but uh, if you could just watch that and let's see it, and then I'll talk about it. While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. And that's going to be my way to serve. They're saying you could go to prison. 
But I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Please, Lord, help me get one more. Help me get one more. Yes, it's intense. I don't know if you caught that one quote because that really nails it for me. He says this, I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. Christians all, all the time say, oh, I believe in Jesus, I believe this, I believe that. But I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true. See, that's, that's, there it is, right there, that's the, the rub. So he's an army combat medic, he's a Seventh-day Adventist, uh, conscientious objector, yet he enlists because he says, I'm going to do my part. If people are going to be dying for me, I've got to do my part. So he's assigned to the 77th Infantry Division. He goes to the Battle of Okinawa. This is historically true. It's all true. Doss's unit is ordered to ascend and, 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 and uh, secure an escarpment, this high area where there's already a battle going on. In fact, the 96th Infantry Division is up there and they're taking hits and they're getting pounded and it's not good, it's messed up and this group is supposed to go up and relieve them. And so they go up and there's this massive counterattack and everybody's retreating and it's horrible and people are getting really messed up and killed and hurt and wounded and they go back to the retreating and then Doss is about to go down and he hears these cries for help and he goes back into the carnage. He goes back in to do the job that he was called to do. And over that long night, he saves individual guys as you heard him say, one Lord God, give me one more, give me one more. And then he gets them to the edge, repels them down, goes back in again. You know how many men he saved? Anybody know how many men he saved? Anybody who saw the movie? 75, 75, one guy, one guy. And the next day, you'd think, okay, he'd done his time. He'd done everything he could. Send him home, what an awesome guy. Instead, the next day, which happens to be Saturday, which for a Seventh-day Adventist is what? Is Sabbath. He's not going to go anywhere until he's prayed, until he's had his time of worship with the Lord. And the whole unit does not go. It's ordered to advance, and they don't want to advance until Doss has prayed. Because now they know he's not the coward. He's the one who believes in a God bigger than all of them, and they want to follow him. Do you see? So do you think he held up? Do you think his faith held up? Do you think he was a real deal? Do you think he was a man of courage, a man of faith? Anybody say yes? Yeah. Now, here's, here's the question. What about your faith? What about my faith? Right? Is it going to hold up as a real deal? Open up the word real quick. James 1. Go to James 1. If you have a, one of the Bibles there, it's page 847. We're going to look at it, developing it and persevering faith under fire. And I want you to buckle up a little bit because it, it, this is an encouraging word, but it's still a hard word, and it's this. Your faith in Christ is not tested true unless it is tempered under fire. Your faith in Christ is not tested true unless it's tempered under fire. So we're going to dive into this. You know, the, the, the opening uh, verses from uh, this, verses 2 and 3, okay? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Consider it pure joy. Right. 
right? I mean, it sounds like a setup, right? Consider it pure joy when you have to, no, okay. I, how many of you like tests? Anybody here like tests? You guys like tests? You, you do? You're twisted, man. <laughs> Has your mother checked what you've been inhaling lately? No? Most of us don't like tests. Am I right? I mean, those of us that are older, this is the phrase that I would cringe with. All right, class, please take out a half a sheet of paper. And you're like, oh, pop quiz. I'm not ready for this one, right? Or this kind of line. Uh, you know, um, your tests will be, it counts as 60% of your grade. Oof. I consider it pure terror, not pure joy, right? And I, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like blue books and exams. <laughs> How many here know a true trial? Serious. How many know more than one trial? Is no one tried in this place? Or are you all lying? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not a trick question. I know, it, they, sometimes at First Baptist, they're like, you set me up? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Trials, troubles, tribulations. We see them as a negative thing. We, we see them as, ugh, you know, not, not good, not good. James is saying, I want you to take a different look. This is going to be a positive look at this. I want you to be focused on perspective and process and purpose. That's what I want. I want you to be focused on perspective, process, and purpose. Say that with me. Perspective, process, and purpose. Okay, so perspective, first word. Anybody know what the first word is in that verse? Consider is the word, consider. You know what consider is all about? It's all about, here it is, big, the word A, attitude. It's about attitude. Fill that in in the blank. Attitude, the way, the, way of the, the way that you view things, it's, what, it's how your perspective is. What's your worldview? What is your attitude towards this? I want you to consider this. After the big fail, after the big loss, after the dumb, stupid thing you did, not what? A lot, of, a lot of times we say, well, you know, chalk it up, mark it up to what? Experience, Experience. right. So, you know, uh, translation, consider it a live and learn situation. Now, does that mean you didn't fail? No. Does that mean that dumb, stupid idea wasn't dumb and stupid? It was. Okay, but what are you going to focus in on? The fail? Are you going to laser in on that loss? Or consider a positive perspective. As you face the trials... Not if, as you, as we face the trial, God is still at work in it. He's not quitting. He's not, he's not done. He's going to work in it. Now, it's a tough choice. Are you going to be willing to make that kind of adjustment in your focus? Are you going to change the lens or change the, the, the perspective? Well, why? Well, because of the second word, process. Process. What is process? Well, it's the testing of your faith. Rick, there you go. Use that word again, test. I don't like that word. Please don't use that word. No, test. But this is a different, different, the word for testing here, the nuancing of it is this. It it means, the quote unquote in the Greek, proving or qualifying kind of testing. In other words, literally show yourself approved. This is the kind of test not to dread. I'm going to say it again. This is the kind of test not to dread. The kind of test you dread is whether or not you know your stuff. 
But this kind of test is to demonstrate the stuff that you absolutely know. You ever, had, ever know like, okay, and they ask a question, and you're like, ooh, 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 I know this one, right? No, that's for, I mean, not cool if people do that. But anyhow, you know, enthusiasm, I know this one. That's what, that's what testing we're talking about. I know this one. I've got this one. All right? That's the kind of test. This kind of test is not to question your ability in the sense of question your faith, but rather to qualify your ability to qualify the faith that you have. And James is saying this then is the positive process. Even if this trial is bringing lots of resistance, lots of heat, even though there's a counterattack on your soul, this is a process that God's going to use. And you might be saying, I don't like that. That's the part about it I don't like. I'd like to just be a Christian, you know. I just don't like the testing part of it. Can you just kind of leave the testing part out of it? Is that okay? I mean, when everything heats up, I just want to give up. Especially when I feel that my faith is under fire. Anybody had your faith under fire in any kind of way? Anybody like sort of like push you down, knock you down, or question you all over the place or whatever, or maybe even in your own self. James is saying, but that's the process. It's a process you need to go through. It's the only way to fire your faith. It's the only way. Why? Because in the process is developing something. The process is developing something. What does it say that it is being developed there? It starts with a P. Perseverance. Say it again. Perseverance, yeah, that's it, perseverance. So when faith is under serious heat, it becomes persevering faith, all right? When faith, your faith, my faith, is under serious heat, it becomes a persevering kind of faith. Okay, familiar with the term tempering steel? You know, when you temper steel, how that works? Or a sword blade that is a tempered blade Definition of this is to temper is to improve two things. One, hardness, but also elasticity. What? Why would you want elasticity? In the, I'm, not, I'm not fighting with no rubber sword. No, that's not it. It's the idea of this. It's, it's hardness, but also elasticity. See, it's reheating and cooling and reheating and cooling. Why? Because the steel needs to be strong. Strong steel is to improve its strength and its dynamics to develop a superior resistance so it doesn't snap, brittle, when it hits that resistance. It can slightly flex, but it's strong. And so it goes in the heat, and then it's cooled, and in the heat, and then it's cooled over and over and over again. Now, that seems a rough way to go. I mean, that's, a, that's not great. This, this kind of thing is hard. It's difficult. But in the end, the sword is tough. Blessed being a tempered blade, it's found true. It's called tested true. This blade is tested true. So that's same thing for you. Same thing for me. All of us. That's what we're to be. We're to be these kinds of tempered blades. And our faith is supposed to be that way. You know? And you go, oh, I don't know. I'd be better without the heat, thank you. I don't want it. No troubles, trials, tests, no thank you. I got, I got my faith. I got my fire insurance. I'm going to see Jesus one day. I got my faith, doctor, and I just, uh, just don't give me any. I'm just going to have my private faith, you know, just my little faith. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go low and slow under the radar. Nobody's going to know. Right. This little line of mine, I'm going to let it shine. 
Step-down Christians are like that. Stepped-up Christians. Stepped up to step into the mess that's around you. That's where we're supposed to be. Your faith in Christ is not tested true unless it's tempered under fire. And that's likely why it's not going to take one trial or, or one being heated up is not going to do it. I don't know about you, but I've had my times and said, oh, Lord, thank you. You got me through that one, man. Well, good. Don't have to do that test anymore. <laughs> Guess what? The Lord's going, sorry, dude. Take about five or 10 minutes. I'm bringing in another one. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like everything bad that happens to me is God testing me. Please don't hear me say that. God gave me cancer, wants to test my faith. Don't go down that road, okay? I'm not saying that. The Lord took my loved one to Jesus. He must be testing my faith. Please don't do that. But what I am saying is God is using that heat to accomplish something, and it's bigger than you, okay? And so we are here, you know, is, is this idea of going on. There's a bigger battle ahead that may be there. And so what do you think? If you knew that absolutely uh, in a week, you were going to be going up against the biggest battle ever. In fact, it was threatening to take your life, and you were given a sword, so to speak. What about that sword? Do you think you would want to make sure it's tempered and true before you engage the enemy? What about that battle, whatever it is going in? Do you think you would want your faith to really be proven true to take the heat? So positive perspective, positive process, but now, now there's that final part. What, for, for, for what else is positive? A positive purpose. Everybody, uh, look at verse 4 in the text here, if you have your Bibles open. Verse 4, and, and uh, if, you, if you want, NIV, let's read it out loud together. Ready? Verse 4, are you there? Somebody say, I'm there. Okay, ready? Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Read it with me again out loud. Ready? Everybody. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's got to finish its work. It's not done. Just because you are persevering doesn't mean it's all done. It won't be done until you breathe your last. Okay? But it's, it's got to finish its work. There's a goal in mind. Three-part goal for your faith. It's mature, complete, and lacks nothing. Mature, complete, lack nothing. Say that with me. Mature, complete, and what? Lacks nothing. So the first word is mature. What does that mean? It means this. It means experience. It means fully grown. It means this. It means seasoned. Ah, seasoned. Seasoned. Yeah, that's, that's what your faith needs to be, a seasoned kind of faith. I mean, we all need seasoned people of faith around us because they can speak into us so that we can become seasoned and speak into others, right? Somebody say amen. Okay. And then it needs to be complete, edified, in other words, fully trained, or here's the other S word, skilled. Skilled. Okay. And, and then finally, it needs to lack nothing. In other words, equipped, outfitted, okay? L.L. Bean or, or whoever, you know, you want to go with there. Um, or secured. There's the other S word, secured. Seasoned, skilled, secured. That's what I want. If I'm going to go into battle, I want to go in with seasoned guys. I want to go in with skilled guys. I want to go in with those that they're all outfitted. They've got everything. All right? Man, women, doesn't matter. I want those people. And you know what? Other people are wanting, the, the persons you're left or you're right, they want the same thing of you. 
So does it sound a negative thing or a positive thing if the outcome is that you are seasoned and skilled and secured? What do you think? It's positive. Positive purpose is to perfect your faith, to grow up, not punch you in the face. And believe me, I know I'm standing here with you in this. There are days and times when it feels like it is just getting punched in the face. It's like I'm down and let's just kick you in the side while you're at it, right? Now, I know that you're all Christians and it never happens to you because I've heard about this church. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me for the twitch in my eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, we all take hits. We've all gotten punched in the face. And perhaps that is the plan of the enemy to knock you down, to take you out, to make you quit, make you give up, make you cry uncle, make you surrender, make you say, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do instead of what he wants me to do. I'm tired of the fight. I'm done. It's over. I just, but the Lord has a bigger plan, a bigger, bigger deal. The better end and goal is this, that your faith would be tested true, that you will stand the assault of the enemy no matter what. And your faith will take action and your faith will engage and your faith will even advance if called upon. And when it's all over, when all of the, the dust and the fog of war and all of that clears away and the clarity comes out again, you will be still standing, still standing. You know, stepped up faith under the influence of the Holy Spirit, standing firmly, taking action fully, engaging consistently, persevering prayerfully into the end till that victory is accomplished. Now, do you see why James says, count it all joy? He's not saying count it all happiness. You know, no, joy, joy. The mess that you're facing right now, whatever that mess is, and all God's people got a mess. In fact, there are pastors I hang out with and say, all God's people are a mess. Okay, there, I feel better. It just kind of roared out of me, it did. I'm sorry, I lost myself there, okay? The mess that you're facing right now is not a joyful thing. It's a mess. Turn to somebody and say, it's a mess. Just do it. It's a mess, right? Can we all agree it's a mess? But rather, listen, rather count, consider, mark it as pure joy. Why? Because the heat that the enemy is bringing down on you is the same heat that the Lord is using to temper you and temper your steel, okay? Joy, pure joy, experience without... You know, with this realization, there's a big picture in view here, and it's to know the overall love of God that God has for you and that his fullness and his presence is with you, is with us. To have the covering of his blood over us and to have access that we can go into the Father, to have the faith resistant to stress at the same time, worthy of service of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Okay. I could end there because the time's out, but what if my faith is messed up? What if my faith isn't there yet? What do I do now? Verse five, it says, what are you supposed to do? Ask for what? Starts with a W, wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. And he gives it generously. And he doesn't say, dude, 
How many times are you going to keep asking me this question? You should know it by now. No, he's not going to do that. He's not going to say that that is the case. You know, he's not going to find fault in your fight. By the way, notice something about this wisdom. You're not going to ask wisdom, well, Lord, here's the wisdom I want to know. How can I avoid all of this? How can I bypass the problem? How can I survive this situation? So, no, no, that's, that's not it. No, you're going to ask this. What do I glean? What do I gain? What is any kind of purpose, handhold I can grab onto in my mess, in my test? Listen, wisdom is the right application of belief and faith to your mess, to your situation. You want wisdom? He's not going to say, here, I'll give you wisdom on how you can avoid all kinds of stress in your life. Mm. Plenty of books on that. But the wisdom that's from above says, I'm going to give you on how you engage your mess and your situation, because that's where your faith is going to be proven true. So you ask, what's the right perspective? What's the right process? What's the right purpose in all of this? And oh, by the way, there is a warning. You can see it in verses six and eight. In verses six and eight, you can see the kind of little, oh yeah, there's a catch. Here it is. But when he asks, when she asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man, that woman should not think it will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Oh, great. I was all with you until you said that part, Rick. (laughs) You know, you will be blessed. But when you ask, and you're asking for wisdom, make sure that you ask without doubting. Oh, great. Okay, I know what that means. That means just name it and claim it. That means I just say the prayer, Lord, I need help. I need to bring that 747 right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Not gonna happen. That's not what he's looking for. Okay, I know what it is. It's this, it's this. It's if I just pray, this time, this time, I'm I, I just gonna fake it till I make it. We just pray and fake it, pray and fake it, and then, no, that's not it. In fact, you know something? Here's, here's a confession. Putting down my cup, <laughs> I have doubts. There's not, a, there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't struggle with doubts. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> Patting up here, I have doubts. You know, American flag. I'm sorry. I, I, sometimes I have these pictures. I can't help it. But you don't want your leader to have doubts, right? But we have doubts. They happen, okay? And so there are some times that I'm literally, all I can come to is this point. And I say, oh God, I believe. Help my unbelief. That is one of the awesomest, if that's such a word, verse of scripture that I cling to at times. I believe God, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's genuine, that's real, that's the kind of prayer. So you can have doubts, but what we're talking about here is, is, is if you are, uh, you need to believe that God is almighty, not doubting that God is there at all. That's what it's talking about. Or you believe that God is able versus, well, God just doesn't have an arm big enough for this one. Or believe that God is gonna answer Okay, may not be the answer I want, but he's going to answer versus doubt. You know what? I don't think God gives a flipping anything about this. Okay, that was a close. (laughs) If you pray doubting the one that you're praying to, you're vulnerable. 
your storm will blow you all over the place because you don't have an anchor to your soul. Your torrent will wash you down the river because you are not standing on a solid rock. Your battle will beat you up because you have no strong-armed defender. So think about it. Should God answer your prayers if you're double-minded, if you're double-hearted, if you're like, I don't know, maybe this time, maybe not. No, that, he's, not gonna, he's not going to. Don't get, expect to get blessed in your mess until you've given him all of your mess, mess which, by the way, includes the messed-up person who's praying. That'd be me, Okay. Today, now, whatever the trial, whatever the test that you are in, if I just take five seconds, what's your test? You know it before I even count to five. You know what it is. I'm in a test right now. I mean, what's your mess? I got a mess. By the way, my mess is not for nothing. I hope yours isn't. I mean, if I'm going to be a mess, I don't want to be for nothing, Right? So whatever it is, you're called to step it up. All the way through, final verse here is verse 12. Verse 12 says this. In fact, if you find it, find it if you have it there, read it with me out loud. Uh, Verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Ah. You will be blessed if you what? Starts with a P, persevere. Under fire. Faith under fire, that's what it's all about. Because when you've stood the test, then you will be proven to be the real deal, Christian. What's the reward? The crown of life, gold medal, end of the race. You may be tempted to slack up. You may be tempted to give up. You may be tempted to quit. I'm done with this. No more. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, how many have said I'm done? You know, or, or you hear this voice, you know, quit. Stop trying. It isn't worth it. He's not there for you. That is not the coach saying that on the sideline. That's the other team <laughs> that you're running against, okay? No, it's not that at all. You may be tempted. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, and it applies so wonderfully. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that would be all those who went before you Maybe many of them martyred, whatever. There was a great cloud of witnesses all surrounded. Since you were surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Christian, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the misery set before him, anybody know that verse? Does it say that? No, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Consider him, people, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Anybody here weary? Anybody here struggling with your heart right now? You look to him. Don't lose heart. Endure, persevere like Doss. Like Doss, but you're not Doss. I'm not Doss. But you are a regular guy. You are a regular gal, just like he was regular. Just called of God. The world's messed up. The world is messed up. It's, 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 it's in heat of troubles and trials and battle all over the place. But think also at the same time that there is a tempering and proving of your faith. There is perspective, there is a process, there is a purpose, and that, that your faith in Christ is gonna be tempered and found true. So stand, church, 
stand, take action, engage, persevere. Church, this messed up world is looking for stepped up faith. The real deal Christians, the medic Christians, okay? Is yours going to test true? Let Christ have you and your mess and let him make you into all that he has intended for you so that you can be used for him. You be his man. You be his woman. And join the bell in this hour. Amen? Amen. Mm. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Lord, it, it's not easy. It never is easy. But it's far easier going your way and doing it your way. And may you get the glory, Lord, in this church, among these people here, Lord God, may you get the glory with every step they take deeper in following you, engaging in the front line of where they live, where they serve, the people in need of Jesus. And may each one here, Lord, by your glory and good and by your strength, may they give others Jesus too. Amen.